The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already made clean by the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The Gospel of the Lord. With today's gospel, we are still moving within the Last Supper discourse of Christ, where he is giving some of his, again, deepest teachings to his disciples. This teaching is the most fundamental for what it is to be a disciple. It is the most fundamental for what it is for salvation. And it is most fundamental for what it means to bear fruit. We cannot be a disciple. We cannot achieve eternal salvation, and we cannot bear fruit without Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Obviously, this does not mean that there are not some activities that we do apart from Christ, but no activities that are in any way beneficial. The only thing that we do apart from Christ is sin. We do things that are contrary to him. We leave him behind. But the Lord calls us to abide in him. And this abiding is the very essence of what it is to be a disciple. It is the cause of our salvation, and it is also the cause that allows us to bear fruit. There's a very strong message in the gospel today, which is that it's not only those who do evil that are cast into the fire, but also those who do not bear fruit. A severe message, but one which the Lord in his mercy gives the solution to in the gospel abiding in him. And so he gives this beautiful image. I am the true vine. He is the vine. And his father is the vine dresser. Every branch that bears no fruit he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So what does this mean? Well, again, we are called to live in Christ and to be grafted into him and into his life. 
And what the Father looks for in our union with Jesus is that that union is real and that the life of Christ flows from him and through us and bears fruit in our life. But he does something else, which is that he prunes us as well, so that even when we are bearing fruit, he sometimes cuts away certain things, takes certain things away, even good things, so that the fruit may increase and bear more. It's very hard for us to discern between good things. It's easier to discern between evil and good. We can come to a certain choice and we can see the one is obviously evil and the other is obviously good. That's a simple decision. But what do we do when we face two goods? On the one hand, we have a certain good and on the other, it's also a good. But we have to choose. How do we choose in that way? And that's what it is to prune. It's to prune away certain goods so that our love can be more intentionally focused in certain areas and bear more abundant fruit. When the devil can no longer tempt us as easily with evil decisions, he overwhelms us with good decisions. He tries to dissipate our love between multiple and many goods so that our love is never fully given over to any one good in particular. The devil can overwhelm us with a selection of good choices. How do we discern what God wants in the midst of that? And that is where, again, the Lord shows the power of his word, a living power, a power that is able to come into us, to cleanse us, to direct us, to move us, to inspire us. He says, you are already made clean by the word that I spoke, have spoken to you. The Lord's word has power to cleanse us. The Lord's word has power to direct us. Your word is a lamp for my steps, a light for my path. How do we know God's will? By means of his word. But he also says that, again, they have been cleansed because of the words that he spoke, spoken to them, but those words include what he says to them now, abide in me and I in you. So what does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, even just that word, abide, it means simply to linger in the presence of. To linger in the presence of. And so we abide in Christ if we look at what else John writes in his gospel and in his letters. He says in his letters that those who abide in love abide in God. So the first way that we abide in Christ is by abiding in his love, which is his Holy Spirit. How do we abide in the Holy Spirit? Through the sacraments of the church, through our baptism. If we lose the Holy Spirit and we become, and we lose it because of sin, we are restored as temples of the Holy Spirit through the sacrament of confession. The first way in which we have to abide in God is abide in his love, to be in his grace. We have to make sure that we are using and again in, in kind of participating in the sacraments of the church so that we can abide in the Spirit of God and be temples of the Holy Spirit. That's what it is to live in his love and to abide in him. But also in John's Gospel in chapter 6, the Lord says, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you abide in me and I in you. So it's not just that we become temples of the Holy Spirit, 
but that we also, again, turn towards the sacraments of the Church and at their pinnacle, the Blessed Sacrament, the Body, Blood, Soul, and Divinity of Jesus Christ, and that we enter into that relationship with Christ in the Eucharist, adoring Him, receiving Him, abiding in Him, and He in us, so that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, but that we also dwell in Christ and He dwells in us. And so this abiding is in God's love and it is in God's word. And the Lord shows that because he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, it shall be done for you. So again, in finality, what does it mean to abide in God? To have the spirit within us and his love, to have Christ within us and also to adore Christ in the Holy Eucharist, but also to have the words of God abiding in us. And so how do we do that? By meditation on the word, by daily meditation, reading on the word of God. These things are not, again, good to have. They are necessary for us, for us to be disciples, for us to achieve salvation, and for us to bear fruit. These things are not something that we can put aside. We put them aside to our own detriment, or we take them up for our own salvation. And so what the Lord is showing us today in the gospel is that this invitation to abide in him is necessary. We have to choose this with our free will. We have to make sure that we always keep ourselves as temples of the Holy Spirit, that we foster our devotion and adoration to Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and that we show right reverence to his words so that he can abide in us and we can bear fruit. Amen.